Fresh Art International presents Fresh Talk, conversations about creativity in the 21st century. I'm Kathy Bird, and this is Fresh Talk with Polish artist Joanna Malinowska. We meet on the steps outside the Polish pavilion during preview days of the 56th Venice Art Biennale. I've just viewed a stunning panoramic film project that Malinowska produced with her partner, C.T. Jasper, and curator Magdalena Moskalowicz. What the artists achieved is truly unique. Early this year, they brought the Polish National Opera Company to Haiti. With Polish performers, a Haitian orchestra, local dancers, a generator, an electronic piano, and a goat, they presented the opera known as Halka. Their audience? Polish descendants, the inhabitants of Kazal, a mountain village 60 kilometers from the capital, Port-au-Prince. Their stage, the dirt road that winds through the town. This project introduces a little-known connection between Poland and the island country. I knew that Haiti was once a French colony. What I didn't know was that Emperor Napoleon Bonaparte had dispatched more than 5,000 Polish soldiers to Haiti in the 1800s. He sent them to quell a local uprising that became the country's war of independence from France. So we chose Kazal, a village in Haiti, or Haiti, and uh, the village was established by the Polish soldiers who were sent to Haiti under Napoleon to fight against the rebellion of the slaves. But uh, some of them definitely, and uh, we don't know the numbers. That, I mean, historical records are uh, vary in, in numbers, but I think we know that at least some of them uh, changed the side and they joined the, the rebels and fought for the independence of Haiti, and, and, and then they stayed. Today, there's still evidence of this surprising chapter in history. The people who live there are still, uh, I think, very connected to the past, I would say. I mean. They identify with, with those people, and uh, among some of them you could see still some Slavic features, blue eyes and blonde hair. I'm wondering why you think you were selected for this Polish pavilion. What, what's the importance for Poland that this be seen in this context? This proposal was written in the context of those kind of uh, national presentations uh, of, I mean, the way the nations identify themselves and present themselves to others. So uh, this opera, Halka, is considered a national opera and uh, it is probably considered one of our treasures and something that we would like to export. We were just sort of playing on that notion of, of national representation. Another spark of inspiration is the title character in Werner Herzog's film, Fitzcarraldo, a man with a crazed plan to build an opera house in the tropics. These artists subvert the colonial narrative. The project has so many layers that it's sometimes hard to talk about everything because, of course, uh, the historical background is very important, the place we chose, because we didn't want it to be just any place. 
and we didn't want it to be the colonizers who come with the opera that is sort of like a form uh, favored by the European elites. Luring Polish opera singers to perform in Haiti wasn't easy. It was quite complicated, actually, because opera singers are, I think, more sensitive than other the people of other professions. They're afraid of climate changes and other things, so it was not easy <laughs> at first. And then, of course, when we came to Haiti, we were also looking for the collaborators from there, and uh, we had the um, orchestra from Port-au-Prince that agreed to work with us. For them, it was also a very unusual thing to do something in Kazal, a village that is not too far from the capital, but they don't go there too often. <laughs> well, let's talk about the opera itself that you chose to perform in this place. It's not the first opera written in Polish, but it's an opera that was written around approximately the same time when the Polish soldiers were sent to Haiti. Halka tells a universal love story. Another tragic love, but it also has some, uh, I would say, social undertones. It talks about uh, struggles between the different social classes and the peasant girl who's seduced by the landlord who <laughs> marries another woman of his kind of social ranking and, and the suicide at the end. They staged the opera outdoors in the heart of the village. The audience sat in folding chairs beneath the trees. We didn't want the opera singers to be just the center of everything. We wanted to also include the surroundings and the people, the animals, the, the architecture, the trees. So uh, in a way, we wanted to just be very inclusive. And we also wanted to show our own vulnerability. It was done in one shot. so. It was a very vulnerable situation and we wanted to have it somehow <laughs> recorded on the uh, camera. The wide perspective is intentional. We were also referring to the 19th century paintings of panoramas that were also popular during the same period as the fight for independence in Haiti and, and the time when the opera was written, so there are a lot of historical connection. The film is much more than the recording of a performance. What is interesting about this film is that it, it is a documentary, essentially, but it doesn't look like one. It could be perceived as an ethnographic film in a way, but we are sort of rebelling against uh, uh, ethnographic film and, and, and some mis misconception about it. Because, for example, when you take Nanook of the North, that is considered one of the probably the earliest ethnographic films, it, uh, when you do the research, it turns out that this film is full of uh, lies, actually, that, that the costumes were made, that the tools that, uh, uh, that were used in that film were actually not uh, already outdated and not uh, contemporary to the time when it was made. So what we are doing, we, we were shooting something that <laughs> happens in the real life in front of us, and in a way it's uh, the truth that looks like fiction. And what was the response of the village to the opera descending? I think the overall response was quite positive, but I think it took us several months of, of building the relationship with the community, so it, it didn't happen just overnight. 
Malinowska and Jasper have big plans for their return to Haiti. We are definitely going to show this film to the community very soon and we are also trying to do some other things. There are some people who are involved in this project from, from Polish side who are interested in, in going there again and working. Uh, for example, uh, the, the theater di director and uh, the uh, conductor from the opera, they really want to work with the local musicians and uh, we are thinking also maybe of... Uh, getting scholarships for, uh, for people from the village to study, so um, I feel like this is just the beginning. I'm Kathy Bird, and this is Fresh Talk with Polish artist Joanna Malinowska. In their project for the 56 Venice Art Biennale, Malinowska and C.T. Jasper question representations of nationalism while they bring the world's attention to Haiti. This is a wonderfully fresh view of a country that too often makes the news because of political unrest and environmental catastrophe. Now it's your turn. I'd love to hear about your experience in Venice. What inventive national representations did you discover? Call 347 921 2973 and leave your message. You might hear your voice in a future episode. If you like this conversation, please share on Facebook and Twitter. And on iTunes and Stitcher, you can download this full series for free. Stay tuned for more fresh talk.